Welcome to the podcast of New Philadelphia Nazarene Church here in New Philadelphia, Ohio. We're so glad you joined us today for a special episode featuring Pastor Mark Maddox and Macria LaRue, a licensed social worker here from the New Philadelphia area. Today we're going to be sitting down and talking about spiritual and mental wellness during this time of coronavirus. For more information about any of the ministries of New Philadelphia Nazarene, we encourage you to go visit us on the web at www.npnaz.org, or you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Sit back, relax, and enjoy this conversation between Pastor Mark and Macria as they discuss mental and spiritual wellness during the time of coronavirus. Well, good evening, everybody, and uh, welcome to our mental and spiritual health uh, wellness webinar Tonight uh, is something we wanted to do to uh, kind of address some things that we know are a reality for many people uh, during this time. And uh, so many of you, most of you will know Macria LaRue. We call her our resident social worker because she is. And uh, Macria uh, works with uh, Noah's Hope, and uh, it's a child advocacy center. And uh, she is has her master's in social work. She's a licensed social worker. And, and she works a lot with our Compassionate Ministries here at New Philly Nazarene, um, helping us kind of uh, case manage and, and deal with uh, trying to be uh, a helping hand to our community. And uh, anyway, she has a passion for helping people. And uh, and so I talked to her, I said, hey, Macria, I think this would be something good for us to do, sit down and talk about this. And um, and so I'm going to give you a chance, Macria, just to start with her real quick, just kind of tell people what you do and why this is important to you. Um, so what I do is I work with, um, in my professional job, I work with, uh, coordinating the county's response to child sex abuse. So that's what my primary role is. And then here at, um, and I also coordinate, um, Tusk Against Trafficking. So I have a lot of community involvement, um, in the community, uh, with, with mental health and social services and other services that people receive within Tuscarawas County. Um, and then here, at, like you said, I do I, um, I do a relational mentoring program here with some people from our church, um, and then we also do our helps ministries and that kind of stuff where we assist people who are in need of various different assistances in the in the county. So um, those are two different things that we do here. Um, working on a couple other projects coming up hopefully, but um, and then. Why I'm passionate about my work? That's a loaded question. Well, um, keep it simple. Keep it simple. <laughs> um, I I really feel like it is, um, you know, our calling to be the hands and feet of Jesus, and that means helping people who are who are hurting um, and who who are in need of of assistance. Um, and so that's why I love what I do. So <laughs> great. That's good. That's good. Well, Macria, you and I got a chance to kind of talk about um, some things that we thought were important to be addressed uh, during this conversation. And the first area that 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 you and I talked about that we felt wasn't was kind of important was simply, you know, okay, so here's the reality for everybody: uh, people are at home, <laughs> maybe more than they've ever been at home before. Uh, some of us are at home with our kids, maybe more than we've ever been at home with our kids before. People have lost jobs. Uh, we've had sickness, we've had uh, death, uh, all these things around us. Circumstances have changed a great deal. Um, life as we know it has changed a great deal right now. You know, why Why do we feel the way that we feel? What? What is it that causes these things? Why do we feel 
and let's talk about some of the emotions that we have and, and why that happens. Yeah, yeah. So um, something that I've that we've kind of noticed in in during this time of isolation, and I prefer to call it physical distancing because we're trying to still be social with other people, and so the idea of social distancing is is uh, not the correct idea that I want people to have. Um, but but in this time of physical distancing and, and this isolation and kind of this feeling of loneliness, um, we're really pulled away from people who help us regulate. Um, and so we as humans are created for co-regulation. We talk a lot about self-regulation and that kind of stuff, and that's not um, accurate. We, our brains are designed to regulate with other people. We are made for relationships. Okay. That's, I was looking for that word yeah. right there because <laughs> co-regulation, I'm like, what am I regulating? Uh, so, and what you mean by co-regulation is, is that relational aspect. Mm-hmm. In other words, we're designed to be yeah. with and around one another. Yeah. And honestly, and I'll let you get back to it, but this is important. This is kind of the spiritual side of this thing. That is just a reflection of how God created us. Yeah. Because yep. God created us for the purpose of being in relationship with him, and he created us to be in relationship with one another. So when that's broken mm-hmm. because of, you know, whatever regulations, then that, it, it, it messes with our mojo. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's a spiritual term, yeah. mojo. <laughs> and a mental health term, both. Um, no, so yeah, so that you're exactly right. And so that's one of the reasons that, you know, our church body or whatever, whatever groups that we are involved in are so important to us is because it's how we deal with life. And so not only do we have all the stressors of COVID-19 where we have job stressors, we have financial stressors, we have um, economic stressors, we have the stressors of family, you know, norms and schedules changing. We're now in a situation where we are feeling alone and we're not having those same connections, those same regular um, interactions with other people who who are a support to us. Um, And so when you have that void, it's really difficult to deal with everyday life, let alone the crisis that that we're in right now. Um, And so, and one thing that we commonly refer to this pandemic as is a um, national trauma. And so we are experiencing this traumatic event as a nation. And it it simultaneously somewhat makes it better because we're all experiencing it together, but also somewhat makes it worse because none of us are in an extremely healthy place right now. And so it's just a challenge to still make those connections. Um, and and it's, it's it just definitely makes everything more challenging than it already is. One of the things you said when we talked earlier was that it kind of makes us feel all jumbled up. Mm-hmm. Can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah. So um, when we, the other, one of the other reasons that we're struggling um, with the whole crisis is because we are creatures of habit. And so um, whether those habits are good or bad, we are creatures of habit. And, and when we're not getting up and taking our kids to a physical building. We're not getting up and going into work every morning. We're not, um, you know, our our evenings are off because we're not going to practices. We're not going to church events. We're not going to whatever our regular schedule is. Um, we have simultaneously this sense of urgency and a void of nothing on the agenda. And it creates either almost depressive symptoms or anxious symptoms and and sometimes both at the same time which can be a very 
unsettling feeling for a lot of people. Yeah, because it's not like you don't have anything to do. Right. We still have things to do. And a lot of us who are still maybe working from home or maybe you've gone back into the office, whatever, you still have things to do. But there's this, there's this, it's kind of like, it's kind of like, you know, you're working from home and you only get dressed from the top up, you know? Mm-hmm. So everything's kind of like, <laughs> it's just a little bit off kilter. Yeah. And uh, so it creates this kind of a jumbled thing. So, so when life is jumbled like that, um, what, what are, what are some of the things that can happen mentally, emotionally in our minds? That's a really good question. So I think I a lot a of question. it, Thank you. <laughs> I think a lot of it is, um, it's just uncertainty. And when we have that level of uncertainty and, and dysregulation and, and not being able to connect with people, our sense of, of purpose tends to sort of feel like it's deteriorating. And, and like, okay, well, wh- why am I even trying to accomplish anything today if there's no deadline, if there's no agenda, if there's no, re- like, reward for getting it done. There's no social feedback for, hey, good job. Hey, you know, you're doing a great job at work. There's nothing, there's none of those relationships that are feeding into us. Because there's always tomorrow. Yeah. And I don't have to get dressed tomorrow either. Exactly. Exactly. And so, and one thing that we know about us as human beings is um, one of the biggest uh, resiliency factors that we have is a sense of purpose. And so a sense of purpose gives us the ability to pick ourselves up when we're going through difficult times and keep moving. And so um, when we don't have a strong sense of that, when there's not, when, when all of our, you know, structure for a sense of purpose has kind of been, in a way, stripped away, um, we don't have that get back up and bounce back to our feet, pull ourselves up by our bootstraps, oomph that we usually have. <laughs> so normally, <clears throat> you know, you talk about a little bit about sense of purpose there. You know, normally, where where do we associate our sense of purpose? That's a really, really good question. So that's different for everybody, right? So you'll have, like, people who, um, you know, there are some people who uh, associate their sense of purpose with being a parent. There are some people who associate their sense of purpose with, with the work that they do. Um, or, or how, you know, family life, vacations, there's, there's all kinds of different ways that people will draw their sense of purpose. Um, I think for us as believers, we have to draw our sense of purpose from our desire, or our sense of purpose should be to glorify God and to build his kingdom. That should be our sense of purpose. But I think in these types of circumstances, sometimes we realize that there are other senses of purpose that maybe are stronger than that one and that we don't quite know what to do when those purposes are gone. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, that's, it's, that's a very difficult theological. And, um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's it. Those are, those are deep, those are deep, deep waters. But yeah. so you kind of touched on a little bit from the spiritual aspect of things, but you know, um, I heard this great story today. Uh, it was actually Pastor Kevin's kid uh, was talking about, you know, why did God create us? And and uh, and he was talking about how God created us out of love, out of this mm-hmm. abundance of love, right? And, and and then and then God sent His Son Jesus Christ, also on an abundance of life, so that we could be restored in that in that perf- perfect creation. I don't know exactly what he said. That's kind of how I looked at it, but you know, the purpose that we have, and you touched on this, and this is great, the purpose that we have. So often, the mistake that we make is our purpose becomes our job, mm-hmm. our purpose becomes our children, 
our purpose becomes managing our finances or, you know, all these different things. The schedule itself. The schedule, yeah. And those things are yeah. valuable. Yeah. Those things are valuable. Yep. You know, I mean, that's all a part of life, and, and, and they are important in their own right. But but when they become our our driving purpose, the problem is regardless of what's going on in our lives, those things are temporal. Yep. Those things f- fade away. They yep. pass. Uh, whether it's because of a coronavirus or anything else, those things those things will not be a sustaining force, and and so that that's one of the reasons why. And this is a good time to be reminded that that's why it's so vital that the foundation of our life be the relationship that we have with God. Yep. That 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 all other things come out of that sense of purpose. That's our primary sense of purpose. I am created to glorify God. Mm-hmm. I am created to, to live out the love of God wherever it is that he places me. Yep. And that that's not inhibited in any way by whether or not we're able to go to work yep. or whether or not our kids are going to school or we're at home with them, all, all those things. And, th- and the love of God work at working within us, if that's our purpose... Regardless of our circumstances, that can happen. Exactly. Um, and so that's that's an important thing for us to remember right now is that maybe for some of us there needs to be a, a an assessment of okay, hmm, what what really is my sense of purpose? Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, and and so maybe a little bit of realignment has to happen. Yeah, yeah, and really digging into okay, well. I don't want those things to be my sense of purpose, but apparently they are because right now I feel completely lost. So how can I build that sense of purpose, whatever that sense of purpose might be for them? And, and for the course of our conversation, of course, it would be, you know, trying to dig into spiritual um wellness yeah. and disciplines and, and that kind of thing. So, um, so yeah, I think, I think that's, one of the so here's one of the things that I can see happening right now. So for for some of you who are listening tonight, you may be saying, "Okay, I hear what you're saying, and you're right. I need to I need to maybe step into some new spiritual disciplines so that I can realign my my sense of purpose." Right. Mm-hmm. And so in this season where our schedules are kind of askew and maybe our hours are are different throughout the day, we begin to place these spiritual disciplines in our life. Maybe we begin to read the Word of God more often. Maybe we begin to pray more often and which are things we should do. And then what happens is we will get, at some point, we will come out on the other side of this. What exactly it's going to look like, we don't know. But at some point, we're going to come out on the other side of this. And some of the things that were normal in the past are going to re, are going to come back into our lives. And the tendency is, see, if, if, if you're finding yourself right now saying, hey, I need to realign myself spiritually, that means that you were out of alignment before. Mm-hmm. And so if you get yourself realigned right now, and then when normalcy, whatever that looks like, comes back, and you, your sense of purpose once again becomes my job, getting my kids to school, and all the things that it was before, then you're you're going to get out of alignment again very very quickly. Yeah, we talk so so that's it's really interesting that you say that because one thing that um, we've noticed is whenever we research um, any kind of crisis, any kind of whether it's nine eleven, whether it's a pandemic, whatever a hurricane, um, any kind of disaster like that acts like a magnifying glass. So if we are if if we have a base of of misalignment 
whenever these things happen, it just get ma- it just gets magnified that many more times because we are in a more stressful situation. So so you know I have you know we might have a tendency for anxiety where we tend to get overwhelmed and we tend to not be able to focus on things. And then when this happens things like this happen, it just gets that much worse. And then we just deal and we deal and we deal and then things go back to normal and we don't actually work through whatever it is that that is causing us that baseline of anxiety that is so exaggerated during this time. Um, and so that's, you know, so these things that we're experiencing, you know, in Tuscross County we're seeing um, higher levels of domestic violence, we're seeing higher levels of overdoses, overdose deaths, we're seeing higher levels of child abuse, um, all these different things that we know happen with these crises. And, and it's not necessarily that it wasn't there before. It's just that these things that we are dealing with on a daily basis become more magnified because we are in a stressful situation. Um, and so it's, it's just really, I don't really know where I was going with that, but it's, it's just really important for us to recognize what, what our it's important for us right now to take notice of how we're feeling and what we're going through, um, to take notice of those um, unhealthy habits, those unhealthy coping skills we're using. You know, are we drinking more than normal? Are we um, on social media more than normal? Are we, you know, whatever the case may be, and and trying to say, I, I don't want that to be my coping mechanism. I don't want that to be how I deal with my life going forward from this. I want this to be an opportunity to make some real life adjustments to help me get aligned to where I want to be even as we are going through this and then when we do come out of it. It's interesting you talk about the magnifying glass and and I got to thinking as you were talking there that 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 when we go through these crises and and certain characters of of uh of us characteristics of us become magnified. I started thinking about how there's so many people that are scared to death. Yeah. Uh, there's so many people that are completely anxiety ridden, yeah. and and they may not even it may for them it may not even be an issue of whether or not I get my kids to school or whatever. They're just scared to death. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're dealing with all this anxiety. Uh, they're feeling confused, you know, and and all these different things. And <clears throat> to, I don't. Let me be clear. I do not believe that God caused this to happen, but I believe that God can use mm-hmm. um, this uh, to be a, a time of growth for us. And we kind of talked a lot about this a little bit on Sunday in our teaching on Sunday, but this idea that God allows us to go through these these testing phases mm-hmm. um, to kind of perfect us and, and to bring us to maturity. And so, you know, from a from a from a spiritual sp- standpoint, you know, God did not create us with a, a a spirit of fear, you know, but He created us to be strong and 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 to not 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 to you know go yell at the storm and be like I got this, but you know to to be able to stand up and say, okay, you know, this is not what I want. And here's the thing, even if, even if, we're, even if we're solid in our relationship with God, it doesn't mean that sometimes things aren't going to stink. Yeah. You know, this is not Sunday morning, so I can say this. Sometimes <laughs> you have to embrace the suck, mm-hmm. right? Okay, mm-hmm. so that's a military term. It means you just, <laughs> and, and I remember that for my day, you, you, it's, it's embracing uh, the 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 crappiness crappiness of a situation mm-hmm. and saying this this kind of sucks right now yeah. like this is not fun I'm not enjoying this but I'm gonna embrace this because I'm gonna grow out of this yep. 
And then we can conquer fear and we can mm-hmm. conquer anxiety in Jesus name mm-hmm. and be able to push through those things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And so, and, and that's a, that's a great, <laughs> I don't even know where to go from that, but that is a great get, embrace the suck. Yes. Embrace the suck. And, and that's something that, you know, I feel like for a lot of us, we feel simultaneously like we have to, um, we have to do, do, do. Like we see all these people that are accomplishing all these awesome projects, right? On Facebook, they just remodeled their basement or they cleaned out their garage and they put shelving units up and they taught their kids how to speak seven different languages in a week. And and we're like, oh my gosh, what am I doing with my time? Like I'm not doing well at all. I'm still in my pajamas and it's two o'clock in the afternoon, right? Um, and so, but then we also, then we try and we, we do try to do those. And like, today I felt like I was spinning my wheels. Like I got, looking back on it, maybe I got some stuff done, but I just felt like I was just, I was stuck in a mud puddle. Like I was just spinning and throwing dirt everywhere with a bad attitude, right? And so, um, and, and, and so we, it, we feel like it's all or nothing. And that's not ever a good place to be. Um, we, we have to have structure in our days and we have to be doing stuff to get things done and into you know we have to have some level of structure but we also have to have grace for ourselves and to realize that some days we're going to have structure some days we're going to have a to-do list and it's still going to be a bad day some days we're still going to have all the spiritual disciplines in place and all the coping skills in place and we're going to have done everything we're supposed to do and it's still going to be a hard day because we're going through something that's really hard and that's okay and so um you know, a lot of times I think we, we have all these expectations for ourselves and we have, okay, well, this worked for this person. This person, you know, baked her own bread for a week and now she feels fantastic about life. That doesn't mean that baking bread's going to make you feel good. Baking bread might make you very angry. I get very, very angry when I run. My husband loves to run. It's a great thing for him. I get very, very angry before, after, and during a run. It's not healthy for me. A walk brings peace to my soul. So, like, I know that about myself. And and you have to, just because a coping skill works for somebody doesn't mean that it's going to work for you. Just because something helps someone through this doesn't mean that it you should impose that upon yourself. And so it's just kind of this, it, that whole idea of embracing the suck. This sucks. And how can I embrace that in my own way without trying to make it look like everyone else? Yeah. Let's let's kind of transition a little bit here. You know, we've talked about some of the ways that we feel, uh, you know, feeling like we don't have a lot of purpose, uh, losing the interaction that we value so much with people, uh, feeling like life is just kind of just crazy, all jumbled up. How how then do we see these are our realities? Mm-hmm. How then do we see these things um, manifest? How do they come to life? And how? No, that's not the right way to say that. How how are they <laughs> manifested in our lives? Yeah, so a lot of thing, a lot of times they can be manifested through um, a lot of different mental health symptoms. And and something I want to make clear is that this is not in any way, shape, or form intended to be um, a discussion that tells you whether or not you should be getting mental health professionally professional mental health <laughs> services. Um, but but something that you know we see a lot right now are higher levels of anxiety, um, insomnia. So um, this feeling of being in fight or flight because we're being threatened is very real for our culture right now. And so because of that, we're stimulated. Um, our, our amygdala is very stimulated. And so we can't quite 
bring that, we're struggling to calm that down because we're stuck at home. And so the ways that we usually get out of that fight or flight mode or freeze um, is, is by going and doing things with other people, that co-regulation that we talked about, that structure, the normalcy, um, getting out and moving, exercising, those kinds of things are how we usually combat those stressors, those feelings of being um, under attack. And, and we can't really do that. And so we're seeing higher levels of anxiety. We're seeing higher levels of insomnia. Um, we're seeing more violence um, within the homes, um, more domestic violence, more arguments, more, um, you know, on a smaller scale, you're probably seeing this in between your children at home, fighting more. Um, whatever the case may be, there's, there's, um, there's this sense of, of not being well and not being able to cope with that in a normal way. So that can come out through those, it can come out through unhealthy coping skills, um, people who um, might be prone to um, drinking more or substance abuse or have recovered from that might struggle because one of the one of the ways that we um, one of those one of the ways that we are in recovery for those types of issues is is through structure and through relationships and when you kind of pull all that away it can really uh, cause some struggles for people I know I know in Tuscarawas County we are seeing a lot of a lot of relapse issues um, and so it, it yeah can we let's let's kind of let's kind of talk about uh maybe a few things that are pretty pretty common so like mm -hmm. like i think about like i know for myself i've even kind of dealt with a little bit of depression yeah just kind of feeling like you know for me what i do for a living is i work with people yeah. and i'm around people and on sunday morning i normally stand in this room and preach to a room full of people mm -hmm. and so while i'm kind of an introvert in a lot of ways being away from the people is depressing to mm -hmm. me depressing and, for all of us. Yeah, well, some people, some people, you know, are like, this is, I've been an introvert. I've been training for this all my life. <laughs> you know, uh, I, I find it to be a little bit depressing sometimes. And so I'll, different points throughout the week, I'll just kind of feel like, yeah. you know, so let's talk a little bit about depression and, 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 and maybe, maybe we talk about the difference between depression and just kind of feeling kind of like, like a not so it's a very good a very bad not so good day you know yeah. what i'm saying like there's a difference i think having a bad day and being depressed yeah maybe two different things maybe i don't know you're the licensed social worker <laughs> <laughs> so um so the what we term as clinical depression does have to meet a certain criteria um you know it has to be more often than not in those kinds of situations but but what we what we do know is that ultimately it 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 doesn't matter whether or not, I mean, it, uh, I don't even know how to say this. You don't have to be diagnosed with major depressive disorder to have depressive symptoms. Does that make sense? Yeah, so, sure. so a no good, very bad day. That's it. I couldn't remember it. No good, very bad day. <laughs> a no good, very bad day is kind of a depressive symptom. I mean, yeah. it's not necessarily a diagnosis by any, but, but it's, but it's a, it's a, it's a, symptom of of a poor mental health day and that's that's something we all experience whether we have diagnosis so let me interject and ask you this is it okay to have a no good very bad yeah. day oh yeah yes people need to hear that yeah it is okay to have a no good very bad day it's healthy for us to yes. have no good very yeah. bad days when we push through those and don't allow ourselves to recognize how we're feeling and to embrace how we're feeling and just 
deal with it and are and not deal with it. I don't say deal with it as in pull yourself up and keep moving. I'm talking about okay, this is just hard and I don't have to fix that. It's okay that it's just hard. I mean, I read a Psalms today and and usually the Psalms end with a but glory to be to your name, Lord, like all these different like uplifting messages even when they have these very depressive moments in the middle of them. And the one I read today just ended with like this super depressed, and I was like, I flipped the page, and I was like, that's the next psalm. Yeah. It's done. Yeah. And I was like, this guy had a no good, very bad day, and right. I wish I could remember which psalm. I think it was 86. I, I, I just think know. that's <laughs> valuable, though, because I think we need to understand. So so when we're coping with that depression, yeah, or the no good, very bad day, which is a clinical term, uh, it, when we're coping with that, um, what are some things that we can do that help no good, very bad days not turn into depression? Well, normally I would say social interaction and structure. <laughs> oh, but wait. <laughs> but wait. Um, our lives have been disrupted by this nasty monster called COVID-19. Um, no, so so one thing that we... Um, one thing that we do have, we've been blessed with during this time is technology. And we know that text messaging and phone calls don't quite hit the nail on the head when it comes to how our brains are wired and how we um, need to regulate ourselves. Um, and so, but what, but what hasn't quite been as tested is video, uh, video calling. And so any kind of video calling you can do with people that you love, you know, um, that is hugely beneficial to, to our relationships, to our well-being. Um, I know uh, any kind of structure that we can put into our days, but not to the point where we're going to beat ourselves up if we don't hit that structure. So it's it's got to be things that are achievable. It can't be things that are, I'm going to clean out the garage, put in shelving units, and put in insulation by noon. And then before six, I'm going to install a bathroom in the basement. Um, you know, that's that's not manageable. And that will just turn into another cycle of, of not doing well emotionally because we haven't achieved what we wanted to achieve. So it has to be a structure that works for us, you know. Um, and so, you know, for me, it doesn't matter if I'm in my you know, sweatpants and a t-shirt working, it, that does not affect my productivity. For someone else, it doesn't affect my mental health status. For someone else, that ver they have to get up and get dressed. That's fine. It doesn't mean that I'm not being productive for me. It doesn't mean that I'm not having structure for me. For me, my structure is I have to read my Bible before nine o'clock in the morning. That way, I'm in the right frame of mind for the rest of my day. And so, but for the next person, they might do better to read their Bible in the afternoon. It, that's okay. <laughs> yeah, and I'm I'm glad you said that because I think as we're as we're as we're talking about okay, here's the here's the symptom or here's the issue, depression. How are you going to cope with that? For some people, for not everybody's not going to need the same things. Exactly. So for some of us, you know, I'm one of those people that I cannot stay all day long in my sweatpants and a t-shirt. I'm sorry. I can maybe do it one day and <laughs> that's lovely. it, but but like when I was for the first part of this, I was working from home and I and I could not stay in what I slept in. Basically, I just can't do it. Yeah. I have to get up. I need to get a shower, you know, and get ready for the day. Um, for some people, I would say this: if you're dealing, if you're dealing with with feeling depressed, and you're one of these people who has not been, you know, maybe there's one simple thing you need to change, and you start with, hey, get up, take a shower. Mm -hmm. Make breakfast, make your bed, mm 
Mm-hmm. You know, for some people, these may be things you never do. Hopefully you do shower. That's a really, <laughs> that's an important thing. Yep. But for some people, you know, they don't ever make their bed. Yep. Or maybe they don't ever make themselves breakfast. You know, yep. they just grab something and run out the door. So you need to kind of, okay, create some new structure yep. in your life because it'll change. It just changes your, your yep. perspective and changes your attitude for the day. Yeah. And like for me, I like to start my day with something I enjoy. So I like to start my day with a cup of coffee and reading my Bible or a cup of coffee, whatever it might be, something that I actually genuinely look forward to. Some days it's not reading my Bible. It just depends. (laughs) Like I'm too out of it and I have to switch gears and then come back to that. But for someone like, okay, for example, my sister, she has to start her day with a challenging task because then she feels productive from the moment and that helps her. So like there are different, there are different ways that we we all operate differently, right? We're all part of the body of Christ. We all have different purposes. We all have different individualities. And that's good. That's a great thing. And we have to figure out what structure works for us, what coping skills work for us, what not just not looking for what makes us feel good necessarily, because that can be a dangerous path, but what helps us function in the most healthy way, um, whether that's spiritually, mentally, emotionally, whatever it is. So. so comparison is one of the like great killers, man. Mm-hmm. I just, I mean, I know even as a pastor sometimes, so like every, like all of a sudden the number of pastors and churches on Facebook <laughs> has just grown yeah. exponentially, right? <laughs> yeah. And I keep getting all these invitations to like their church Facebook page. And I'm like, I don't want to like your church Facebook page because then I'm going to see what you're doing. <laughs> and then I'm going to compare what you're yep. doing to what we're, and so comparison's dangerous. Mm-hmm. You got to be really, really careful about that. And you mentioned this earlier, and I think it's this is important too. Like I have some friends on Facebook. We have a friend, you know, lives in Arkansas. And if, if she watches this, this is not a condemnation, but she does like art lessons on Facebook and she's an artist, so it's yeah. appropriate. But like, I look at that and I'm like, I'm not doing art lessons. I yeah. mean, I can't even paint anything. Yeah. Right. It's another and one then, of those things that makes me angry yeah, when I do it. I got, I got another buddy. He's like, he goes, so this weekend we remodeled this bathroom, the next project. And I'm like, come on, dude. Last time I remodeled anything, the walls came out uneven. <laughs> so when we start to compare ourselves to how other people are coping, that's dangerous. It's very dangerous. Because everybody has a different way of dealing with mm-hmm. their situation. Yep. But that doesn't mean that maybe what somebody else is doing could be helpful for us. Right. And we can use it as a sense of ideas. We just don't want to use it as a sense of obligation. It's not that we are we have to do this in order to be coping well. It's that this might work for us. Maybe we should try it. Maybe not. Maybe we've tried it before and it won't work. I was on, I got on Pinterest today to look up some recipes for my meal planning for the week. And I saw it had this entire... um, Wait a second. You meal plan on Pinterest? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Oh my goodness. I feel so... one of my coping skills. I can't... Man, I feel completely... Insignificant right now. See what I had. See what I did there. Don't do that. Go ahead. <laughs> exactly. Um, but it had this. It had this thing that I can't remember what it was called. But it was. It was a whole section on um, basically things that we can be doing to cope. And I thought it was really interesting because it wasn't. It wasn't laid out in a way of do this, 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 and this. It was laid out in a way of hey, here's an idea. You could teach your kids how to crochet. Hey, here's an idea. You could learn how to play an instrument like it was just it was just helping you generate creative ideas creative outlets ways that we can be 
engaging because what we know is our sense of hope comes from the same part of our brain that creativity comes from, our ability to create a positive future in our mind. And so whenever we exercise those areas, whether that's in creating a meal, whether that's in you know creative outlets, we are exercising the ability to create a once this is over future for ourselves in our own mind. And that gives us that sense of purpose. It gives us that sense of hope in a way that's healthy on top of you know the other senses of purpose and hope that we have. So, um, so it's important for us to, to be creative and to be brainstorming ways that we can be coping that work for us and to be making sure that, that is, those ways of coping are healthy. Um, and, and it's worth looking into and, and, and trying to figure out what ways do I have right now? How am I coping right now? What ways are healthy and what ways could I use? Do I have any creative outlets? Maybe mm. I do need to try to find, and that doesn't mean you have to paint. That doesn't mean you have to learn an instrument. That can be something like video editing. It can be, you know, uh, board game design, like whatever works for you. Um, Seeing which side of the pillow feels better. <laughs> Right, <laughs> maybe not that one. <laughs> okay, Let, let's let's move on here to. I want to talk a little bit. So we talk about depression. Let's talk a little bit about anxiety. I think sometimes we we group them together, mm-hmm. um, but they are different. So let's talk a little bit about that. So a lot of us, one thing that we don't know about anxiety, um, and I think something that we might kind of be going through now, we think that, um, like panic. Uh, uh, can't think of the word. <laughs> That's terrible. Like um, when we have a, a panic attack. There we go. Could not think of the word attack. Um, it looks like a certain way. It looks like a increased heart rate. We can't breathe. We start to feel like boxed in or whatever. And that's not what it looks like for everyone. We can have anxiety attacks and just be like almost depressed. Like an anxiety attack can look like an inability to get out of bed. An anxiety attack can look like a complete and total just shut down you know it can look like um having an upset stomach not being able somatic complaints so like um your body is is reacting in ways you feel ill you feel tightness in your chest you feel sick to your stomach um you have a headache those kinds of things can be anxiety um and and oftentimes especially this in these types of circumstances that that is tied to anxiety for us um and and what we also know is that that can lead to actual body illnesses. So our mental health is very, very tied to our physical well-being. Um, and so what we're seeing a lot is these what we call minor complaints of, of the upset stomach and the headaches and those kinds of things rising. Um, there's a lot of um, anxiety attacks that might not be recognized as anxiety attacks going on. Um, a lot of that insomnia stuff that we talked about, not being able to sleep. For people who have traumatic, um, post-traumatic stress disorder and that kind of thing, this, these kinds of circumstances really are, are sh- triggering maybe flashbacks, maybe um, feelings of not being in any kind of control because um, control has been taken from them so many times before. They might feel like they're being isolated, um, and that feeling of isolation might be you know, almost like they're being victimized again because they were forced to be isolated before, whatever it might be. Um, those are kind of some of the symptoms that we can see in those areas. With, with anxiety-specific things, uh, again, noting that there's a difference 
often hear from depression. What are some 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 coping skills that can be used to to deal with that? Um, so again, normally I would say structure and relationships. Um, but <laughs> funny, wait. but wait. Um, so so. It's kind of this, it's similar type of coping skills. You want to have structure without holding yourself to a standard that is unachievable. You want to have um, kind of this, um, you want to have grounding things that you're doing. You want to be able to bring yourself to the now. Don't get wrapped up. Whereas depression is almost like an absence of being able to see a positive future, anxiety is the ability to only see a negative future in a way. Um, and so um, you want to be able to bring yourself into what's going on right now. What am I, you know, quit uh, hypothesizing about what might happen in the future and notice things like your breath. You want to do things like meditation. You want to do things like mindfulness. Um, anything you can do that kind of brings you back down into we called back down into your body. So go for a walk, do some yoga, um, do some mindful breathing, um, those kinds of things. You can find tons and tons of, of helpful resources online for, for coping skills that help you um, be mindful and, and in a way that's healthy and not trapped in your that whole beehive mentality of having a beehive in your mind. Another thing that I would add to that, um, and I know you'd agree because we've talked about this before, but, you know, I, I've said several times over the course of the past four or five weeks, I know Pastor Kevin has said the same thing, that, like, I've been living in the Psalms. Mm -hmm. And um, there, have been, there have been times that, that, that uh, even for myself, I've dealt with a little bit of anxiety because I've, you know, trying to feel like it's kind of, it's the whole feeling like you don't have control over something. And, and uh, I like to plan, mm -hmm. and I can't plan. Mm -hmm. There's no planning going on because mm -hmm. I don't know what's going to be said next week, and I don't know what's going to be said. Yep. So there's no planning. We're very much one, maybe two weeks at a time at the very most, and so that caused me some anxiety. And what I've been finding that works very well for me is when I start to feel that, that, that kind of just that building up, like I have to just go read in the Psalms. Mm -hmm. yep. And... Um, and and I, I would say probably there's some application for Scripture as a whole, but, you know, if you're dealing with anxiety, you know, don't go read First and Second Kings. Uh, but, you know, <laughs> Psalms, Psalms is a great place to be just because you're going to see, I think we see from David, yep. uh, his own feelings of, like you were talking about earlier, we see his own feelings of depression. Mm -hmm. We see his own feelings of dealing with some anxiety, lack of control, fear. And so all of these things, um, are really kind of played out there in the book of Psalms. And so yeah. it's a great argument for the value of being in the Word of God mm -hmm. regularly. Yep. Um, and the thing that's cool about it is if you're in the Psalms on a regular basis, God begins to cement those things in your spirit. Mm -hmm. And so when you when you start to deal with those things, you can be reminded, oh, okay, God is my refuge yeah. and my strength. And if you look in the Psalms as a mental health professional, it is fascinating because there is so many mindfulness techniques and 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 cognitive behavioral therapy, like the whole gamut of of interventions that you can use in the Psalms. You've got things where he's noticing his surroundings. He's talking about nature. He's talking about um, his feelings of of irrational fear and and almost this, um, you know black and white 
type mentality. So there's the, there's beauty in how he pours out what he's experiencing and is also using these coping skills and then also grounding himself in the truth of worshiping a God and how that is the true rock that we are blessed with as God's chosen people. It's almost like the scriptures were inspired <laughs> by the person that created us and wired our brains yeah. and knew what we would need. Yeah. It's almost like that, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Okay, let's move on to the next thing. I That's do want to touch okay, on, can I touch ahead. on one yeah, more yeah. thing before we move on? Um, it's funny that you mentioned that about scripture being a kind of like a coping mechanism because I was actually just having this conversation with my daughter today and I was talking about being nervous about this and she said, wouldn't it be nice if there was just, the books of the Bible were just labeled like anxiety and then depression and then <laughs> post-traumatic stress disorder and that, first of all, the fact that she knows these labels is hilarious, but um, and, and I said, yeah, I said, but here's the thing. We don't want to use God in our, in our relationship with him as a Band-Aid. We don't want to be able to just find like that what we're, sorry, you couldn't hear me snap there. That better. Um, what we're looking for. We don't want to be able to just have an answer that is just, oh, okay, now we're better, we can move on. That's not how we are created. First of all, that's not how therapy is. That's not how our relationship with Jesus should be. We should be living in God's word and letting it change our lives and who we are. And yeah, it's great to turn to when we're having a rough day. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that that's not true at all. But it's so important that we are living in that even on our good days so that we are being transformed as whole people, not just the side of us that we don't like. Does that make sense? Well, yeah, we talked about it earlier, the, or you just said it now that, you know, you said God, but you, Jesus is not meant to be a Band-Aid for us. Yeah. Jesus is meant to be a life-transformation yep. experiment, a yep. life-transforming experience for us. You know, Jesus said, I've come that you may have life and have it abundantly, yeah. right? And so, and I think that's really valuable because sometimes, a lot of times we use Jesus or we use our religion to uh, bridge little gaps yeah. in life. Oh, oh I need Jesus bad, now. Yeah. Oh, you're you having know. a bad day. I'll pray for you. Right. And, and now I don't have to deal yeah. with it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But I mean, like, even from a, from a personal perspective, it's like, oh, man, I'm having a really horrible day. Oh, God, would you help me here? And, and so we're hoping that God would just help us to get over this particular season. And then once we get through that, whether or not God did anything for us or not, I don't know, but once we get through that, then it's like, okay, I got this, and I'm on my own. Mm -hmm. And God didn't, God, God did not create us, and He did not send His Son Jesus Christ in order to get us through the rough spots in life. Right. He He gave us a Son Jesus Christ in order to get us through life. Mm -hmm. yep. And and so that's very important, you know, yep. from a spiritual standpoint. Okay, great, great stuff. So let's talk a little bit about addiction, okay. and how that uh, sometimes becomes a problem. So I think it's fairly straightforward. We've covered it enough that our stressors are, are definitely heightened right now. We have way more stressors going on in our lives and way less um, healthy ways of coping. We've, we've had structure taken from us. We've had relationships taken from us. Um, not necessarily, but our normal ways of exercising those coping skills have been shifted and changed. And so, and, bec and, and then we also have the added stressors of 
all, whether it's finances, whether it's relationships, whether it's just normal everyday routines, we've all lost something. And there's this collective grief that's occurring. Um, and so what we see with people who, um, who may have addictive tendencies, and, and we all probably have some sort of addictive tendencies with something, is that we find something that helps us feel better in the here and now, and we use it too much. So whether that's drinking, whether that's video games, whether that's pornography, whether that's you know substance abuse, whatever it might be, we find that in these times, we see an increase in getting into an addiction as well as relapsing back into an addiction because there is that lack of coping uh, mechanisms easily available for us. Um, and so it's really important that we are mindful of how we are coping and, and that we're not falling into addictive behaviors, that we're not um, falling into uh, unhealthy coping mechanisms during this time. One of the things that I've heard, it's kind of been a joking thing, but it's actually, I mean, it's legit. So everybody talks about, you know, the freshman 15. Mm -hmm. You know, you go to college, your first year at college, you're stressed out. There's anxiety. Mm -hmm. There may be some depression. And a lot of people deal with that by eating. Yeah. And they put on 15 pounds, right? So, and I heard somebody say there's a reason they call it COVID-19. <laughs> uh, it's good. Right. So, but here's the thing. Like, so I was thinking about this. For those people that are just at home, Mm-hmm. what is more readily available to you than it ever has been? I'll tell you, the cookie jar. Uh-huh. You know, the bag of potato chips. Whatever it is, the pantry is literally a few steps away. And so this is also how we cope because food is comforting to us. Mm-hmm. And not everybody. Obviously, I don't have any eating issues. But, I mean, you know, food is a comfort thing for us. And so let, talk a little bit about that because sometimes we can – that can become a problem. If we can't yeah. fit back into our cubicle <laughs> when we go back, there's a problem. That might be an additional stressor after when things get back to normal. Um, yeah, so so really it unhealthy coping skills can can look like a lot of different things. I've, you know, it can even be things, it can be food. Food is good for us. It is good for us to eat. Um, you know, if you don't eat, you have another set of uh, issues that come with that. So, um you know, there are, and and it can even be exercise. We can see an increase in exercise to the point where it's unhealthy during these times where people are just exercising at home to the point where their bodies are, are not. So it's, anything can become an unhealthy coping mechanism if it's done to an excess. And so it's one of the reasons that balance is so important in our lives. Everything in moderation, right? That's something that um, is important no matter what aspect of life that you're looking at. And and yeah, food is definitely one area where it's easy right now to fall into um, using that in, in access. And so, um, I mean, I, there's lots of different coping ways you could deal with that. I would say one of the biggest things is just having more, uh, putting some kind of structure in place around food, putting some kind of structure in place, you know, don't whine with DeWine at two o'clock in the afternoon. Right. Um, uh, you know, maybe that's not the best method for you to be yeah. dealing with the bad news. Also, you're not exactly setting the best example for kids if if the way you're dealing with bad news is is through these 
coping skills that aren't healthy, whatever they might and be. And I think I think that's where you kind of come back to some of the structure issues too. You know, if you if you get up in the morning and you say, okay, I'm going to get up, I'm going to take a shower, I'm going to get dressed, I'm going to make my bed, we're going to have breakfast. Mm-hmm. You know, there's some great things. If you are at home with your family, uh, if everybody's there right now, this is a great time to start, you know, having breakfast together. Yep. Even if it's only going to be for a brief period of time. Yep. But having breakfast together and then saying, you know what, at this time we are going to have lunch. And so everybody, you know, come, we're going to have lunch together, having a dedicated dinner yeah. time. Um, and I think sometimes what we try to do is we try to, oh, well, I don't want to eat bad, so I'm going to throw out all the unhealthy food, right? Yeah. Well, the problem is, is that Aldi is still open. <laughs> we will go back, yeah. right? And and they will be craving those things, and we'll buy them again. And so instead of just being ridiculous and throwing everything out, just create structure. Yep. There's nothing wrong with having a couple cookies. Yep. You know, I need, to t- I need to remind myself of that because <laughs> a couple is never never enough. Uh, but there's there's nothing wrong with having a, a little a little bit of um, you know sweets and things mm-hmm. like that, or enjoying some potato chips. But when we when we allow those two things to become our meal. Right. Um, that's where the problem is. So that structure really becomes important for right. us. And again, that's going to look different for everybody. So Absolutely. there are things that you can do that, you know, there are um, intermittent fastings, there are um, meal planning, there's keto diet, all these different things that work differently for different people. And again, it comes down to that crucial, don't compare yourself and your ability to succeed and fail based on someone else's success or failure. Like yeah. if 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 keto works for your best friend, but meal planning works for you, and for your other friend over here, just eating whatever the toddler didn't eat is how she's surviving. That's fine. <laughs> like, and then there's your husband who has two <laughs> hollow legs that are eight feet long and can eat anything in sight. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> well, hey, listen, um, I, I want to thank you for taking time to do this because um, this is important. I think this is important. And uh, we may have to do some more things like this. Yeah. Maybe when we get past coronavirus, we can talk about, you know, mental and spiritual wellness just in everyday life. Yeah. Maybe that'd be good, that'd something be like awesome. that. Um, and I want to thank you all that tuned in tonight. And and I want to just say kind of in closing that one of the most important things and most valuable things that we can do is to have and to pursue a relationship with the Lord. And that, that has to be the foundation of our lives. And when that's where our foundation is, uh, we find greater stability. You know, everybody knows the story about the man who built his house on the sand, right? Yep. You know, and I don't have to repeat the story. We know it. But that stability in our lives allows us to deal with the circumstances and the things that are going to come. And so I just want to encourage you tonight, you know, regardless of where you find yourself, maybe you're like, hey, I'm not dealing with any of these things. Great. Fantastic. I'm happy for you. Uh, Maybe God has positioned you for this season to be an encouragement, to be an aid, to be a help to somebody else. But maybe you've listened to what we've said tonight, and there are some things in there that you're dealing with. These things are reality for you. Number one, I just want to tell you, get with God. Get in the Word of God. Spend time in prayer create some new structure in your life, and, and just allow him to begin to heal. Uh, like we said earlier, God, God is not intended to be a Band-Aid. God is intended to be a healer, mm-hmm. and God desires to heal your life as a whole and to make you a whole person as he created you to be in the first place. Mm-hmm. I'm going to pray, and uh, we're going to be done tonight. Thank you again, Macria, for being here. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you so much for life. We thank you so much 
for your son, Jesus Christ. And then he came not to get us through this spot and that spot, but he came to give us life and life abundantly. And Father, I pray that we would pursue that first of all. And I do pray for each person that's listening tonight, Father, and those who will listen to this video uh, later on, God, that if mental health uh, and spiritual health and well-being are things they've been struggling with, God, I pray that this could be an aid to them, that this could help them to some degree as they, as they seek to live their life in a way that is fulfilling, but also glorifying to you. God, we love you. We praise your name. We pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us today for this special podcast episode from New Philadelphia Nazarene. For more information about the church or our ministries, please be sure to visit us on the web at npnaz.org. And stay tuned for more special episodes right here from New Philadelphia Nazarene in the heart of Ohio. God bless you all. Have a wonderful day.